time. Time is running out. Calling all patriots and lovers of our constitutionally protected, God-given, self-evident, inalienable rights in Tennessee and the United States of America. If you are sickened by the liberty-eroding activities of a government that hates you, then it is time to wake up. If you are fed up with the tyrannical leadership on display by all levels of government, now is the time to listen to your reveille call. If you are equally tired of the political class, the new aristocracy, lying to you in their pursuit of power and control, now is the time to take a stand in the arena. Please welcome your host, Larry Linton, U.S. Navy veteran and candidate for Tennessee House of Representatives to the Liberty, Leadership, and Lies podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's episode of the Liberty, Leadership, and Lies podcast. Up in the rotation this week is the topic of lies. But much as I suspected when discussing the Independence Day shooting in Illinois, it was yet another event carried out by a mentally ill young man. By all reports, he was planning on carrying out another one if he was successful in evading law enforcement that day. And I just love how the media is trying to tie him to one political party in order to support their narrative. The useful idiots in the media will always do what their masters in government instruct them to do. The same tactics the media are using now were not employed on a Bernie Sanders supporter that shot up Republican members of Congress a few years ago. But hey, these commies will do what commies will do, right? The Illinois shooter is being portrayed as a Donald Trump supporter. Just because the deranged young man wore a Where's Waldo outfit to one of former President Trump's rallies or had a Trump flag draped over himself like a cape in a picture, the useful idiots in the media will lie, cheat, and steal to placate their masters, the usurpers of liberty in Washington, D.C. and our state capitals. We haven't heard anything more about the Uvalde shooter's political persuasion yet, have we? Why not? Well, you know the answer. The Buffalo shooter? Of course, they tried to tie him to the right side of the political spectrum until they found his own words. That was quickly shut down. No more mention of that. The entire narrative around each of these shootings will be, and has been for a while now, the threat from the communist, which is when they ask just how many children have to die before you give up your guns. For far too long we have heard that phrase and thought it was a question. It is a threat. So, more and more of these types of events will occur to bolster the communist position of obtaining an unarmed populace. We need to view every report from the media and every speech by a politician through that lens, the lens that the usurpers want us unarmed, the lens that reveals just how much our government despises a people that have the inalienable right to keep and bear arms. They despise the Second Amendment. They will work overtime to circumvent the constitutional protections on this matter. Even after the commie state of New York had their unconstitutional requirements for gun ownership slapped down by the Supreme Court, 
they are enacting stringent requirements in order for the citizens there to exercise their constitutionally protected rights now. A right to privacy that we have heard so much about recently that does not apply to something that actually is a constitutionally protected self-evident right. Shall not be infringed only applies to abortions and drag queen shows for the commies. Oh, it also applies to the purchase of curriculums that are warping children's minds in government schools. We must not ever forget that. So, pay attention to the many more lies and the narrative spins on this shooting as well as any future shooting. It brings to mind a funny joke that I heard the other day. In this terrible economy with its rising crime rates, all of which is created or enabled by the government that hates us, by the way, with all of this terrible news out there, a man decides to go to his financial advisor and ask him a question. He says, what is the best thing to be investing in right now? Well, the advisor tells his client, guns, bullets, and beans. Sadly, that is changing from a punchline to the new reality. I still have not heard back from the Sevier County Board of Education Chairman McClure yet. Three weeks now without a response. We'll get into why I believe there is a slow roll on responses to me later in the show, though. I asked several simple questions that could be answered quite quickly if, and this is a big if, the Board of Education was managing and controlling the schools under their jurisdiction and not, as I believe to be happening, the board is being managed and controlled by the school district's administration. I will keep the audience informed, though, when he does respond, and that's an if, though. Like previous responses, they will probably generate more questions. Questions that will be slow-rolled in their response because they are uncomfortable questions to answer. Let's get on with the topic of lies, though. Ladies and gentlemen, there are outright lies, then there are lies by omission. Lies that the useful idiots in the media engage in every day to serve their masters. Would you like to know what organization is one of the biggest liars in support of the usurpers in our states and nation's capitals is? Well, I'll get to that in just a minute. First, though, we're going to define a term. And the term is, what is a labor union? From dictionary.com, we get this definition. It's a noun an organization of wage earners or salaried employees for mutual aid and protection and for dealing collectively with employers, a trade union. And Wikipedia, well, it has a similar definition. It states, labor unions in the United States are organizations that represent workers in many industries recognized under U.S. labor law since the 1935 enactment of the National Labor Relations Act. Their activity today centers on collective bargaining over wages, benefits, and working conditions for their membership and on representing their members in disputes with management over violations of contract provisions. It goes on about electioneering and lobbying activities for legislation that will help their wages, benefits, and working conditions. These labor unions participate in activities to advocate policies and legislation on behalf of workers. Is that the case, though? Really? Let's discuss the labor union that contributed the largest amount of money to political parties in the 2020 election. Do any of you want to take a guess on which labor union that would be? The Teamsters Union? 
No. The AFL-CIO? Again, no. There's another difference, and it is a huge one, between those two labor unions that I just mentioned and the labor union that will be the focus of this week's episode on lies. The labor union I'm referring to is the National Education Association, the NEA. What is the biggest difference, you may ask? AFL-CIO and the Teamsters are private sector unions. The NEA is a strictly public sector union. Isn't that just special, the naming convention or misnomer for the two types of unions? Much like public education is a misnomer. When private sector unions advocate on behalf of their employees, the private sector employer is at the negotiating table. Any concessions the employer makes comes on behalf of the company's owners and shareholders. When public sector unions are in negotiations, they do so with government. Remember, the government does not make any money. It first takes it from us, the taxpayers. The NEA is a public sector union seeking concessions that ultimately come from us, the taxpayers, we the people. In other words, they are making demands on the citizens and not a private employer or a private company. They work against the financial interests of the communities they are supposed to be serving, all the while collecting dues from the union members and not spending it for the benefit of wages, workers' benefits, and working conditions. Nope, the union bosses spend vast sums of money lobbying Congress on other matters. Matters of moral concern to parents whose children are forced to attend government schools. Just how much money do they spend and what types of policies are they advocating for? Well, let's dive into that a bit, shall we? For comparison, though, just how much exactly did the AFL-CIO spend lobbying Congress? In the 2020 election cycle, it was around $5.28 million. For campaign contributions, it was nearly three-quarters of a million dollars. Exactly which political party did they favor? By a two-to-one margin, it was the Communists. But what about the NEA? How much did they spend lobbying Congress? Remember, it's a public sector union. So when they lobby for an increase in wages and benefits, it does not come from a private source. Nope. It comes out of our pockets, the taxpayers. They are also not just lobbying for wages and benefits and working conditions, but we'll get to that in a bit. The NEA spent $2.61 million lobbying Congress. How about their campaign contributions, though? Well, almost $2.3 million went into the coffers or the pockets of politicians. And the ratio of their campaign donations is ridiculous. Almost the entirety of their donations went to the communists. 94.79%. That was the 2020 election cycle. For the current election cycle, the ratio is even worse. Nearly 99% of the campaign donations are going to members of the communist party. All of these union dues being collected from teachers all across the country are spent on communists and the political system they espouse. 
where government is the answer to all problems, where government control is needed in nearly every aspect of our lives, where government education, I mean indoctrination, centers are pushing divisive, corrosive, and sexualizing curriculum down the throats of America's children. Curriculums that are often quite contrary to the morals and beliefs of the parents at home. There is plenty else to be concerned over from this organization of educators that have a significant impact on what our nation's children are exposed to. So the NEA recently held a assembly for the first time since COVID hit in person in Chicago this year. And some of the new business items that they proposed are just radical, extreme. So let's go through them. New business item or NBI 15 is actually calling for an enemies list to be created. It states the NEA shall compile research to create fact sheets about the largest 25 organizations that are actively working to diminish a student's right to honesty in education, freedom of sexual and gender identity, and teacher autonomy. Ladies and gentlemen, what business is it for teachers to be involved with sexual and gender identity? How is the NEA creating an enemies list of organizations with taxpayer money, with funding through dues from teachers? These people are advocating to have non-family members discuss topics of sexual and gender identity with children in government classrooms. If that happened anywhere else, it would be a crime. Then there's MBA 31. It discusses merging the NEA with the American Federation of Teachers, or AFT. A merger of those two organizations? The new business item specifically states to move that the NEA create a committee and a plan to work with AFT to strongly consider a national merger of the two education unions. doesn't seem to me that they're involved or concerned with education. We did not get the entire story about the money spent by the NEA when I talked about it earlier. Do you want to know the total they spent in lobbying and campaign contributions in addition to quote-unquote outside spending groups? That's where it gets interesting. Well, the total is more than $22 million so far in 2022. It dwarfs its next closest public sector union spending by nearly $14 million. And just who is the number two spender of the public sector unions? Why, of course, it would be the American Federation of Teachers. They come in at $6.6 million. Lobbying, campaign contributions, and other spending meant to do what exactly? Meant to take more and more control over the children of this nation. Let's keep going with the new business items introduced at this year's Commie Teacher Assembly. It is another example of power and control these so-called educators want over the children of this country. It is MBI 37 and it states, the NEA will work with state affiliates to support a national policy of mandatory masking and COVID vaccines in schools. 
as well as high-quality virtual education for immunocompromised students and all families who want it by publicizing successful virtual education programs in public schools throughout the nation in existing media outlets. Mandatory masks and COVID vaccines. And just how bad was that virtual learning when COVID shut down schools? We're paying for that now. Isn't this just peachy as well? The NEA's new business item 41 takes aim at what the commies label Don't Say Gay Bill, which is actually called the Parental Rights and Education Act. Boy, that must really chap their behinds. Parental rights in education. Anyway, the NEA states that it will take all necessary steps to defeat and overturn that law, in addition to what they consider to be other homophobic and anti-transgender laws throughout the country. Exactly where do children learn about homosexuality and gender dysphoria suffering people? By a wide margin, they learn about it in government schools. Moving on, next up is MBI 44, which points to the hypocrisy and double standards these commies often exhibit. This new business item offers sample contract language to institute bereavement leave for pregnancy loss and failed fertility treatments, creating two classes of women there, right? Those that want to be mothers, and then there are those that kill their unborn child. MBI 47 continues to promote the notion that our country is systemically racist. MBI 53 wants to create a task force to combat climate justice and environmental racism. And MBI 63 is just another example of the commies trying to change the language specifically in contracts, by suggesting mother be replaced with birthing parent and father with non-birthing parent. With new business item 66, the NEA is wading into the debate of constitutional protections for the citizens to keep and bear arms. Mind you, it was the government itself that created these gun-free zones with schools that have turned into killing fields for the mentally ill young men in our nation. It is also the arena of so-called public education that is creating this mental illness plague our nation's youth suffer from. But the NEA states that it will use its money and resources to notify members in the public of the names of members of Congress that support their recommended gun safety laws, meaning it will also be notifying people about the names of the members of Congress that oppose their gun safety laws. Much like the Antifa group in D.C. right now putting a, what they call an observation and notification bounty for the public to share with them the whereabouts of the Supreme Court justices when they're out in public. The NEA is targeting members of Congress that do not support their gun safety laws. Oh, the NEA, just like all the good commies in government, they also want to weigh in on the Ukraine invasion. They want to educate their members and the general public about the illegal Russian invasion of that country. Why would they want to do that? Well, much like anything else, they need the public's attention diverted 
from what the government is actually doing to and not for the taxpayers. There's no mention in the new business items about the invasion along our own country's southern border. In one of their new business items, they list the rationale behind it with these words, quote, it is time to acknowledge and address the systemic homophobia and transphobia taking place in our great public schools. NEA has an obligation to be at the forefront of dismantling an oppressive system full of hate, misinformation, and fear-mongering, unquote. So, let me get this straight. They are acknowledging that the system they basically are in charge of is systemically homophobic and full of transphobia. Well, that's an odd self-own if I've ever seen one. Besides that, I believe that public schools are supposed to educate children on math, science, reading, history, and English. I will close out the list of problematic new business items with this one. It's new business item 11. This item recognizes that local school boards are the newest battleground they need to engage on. They want to recruit what they call a diverse set of candidates. Specifically, they want to develop strategies that specifically recruit candidates that are queer and people of color. Their rationale behind this new business item states this, quote, in the wake of right-wing attacks on diversity, inclusion, and equity reform movements at the Board of Education meetings, it is imperative that queer folk and people of color have a seat at the table, unquote. What they really mean is queer folk and people of color that are not conservative. They only want queer folk and people of color that think like they do. They want to recruit people to serve on boards of education around the nation that want to turn what is supposed to be an institution for education into institutions of radicalization. Institutions for indoctrination in values and beliefs that are contrary to those of these children's parents, that are contrary to many of the communities in our country. Is this the reason my emails and questions to the Board of Education in my county are slow rolled? I am beginning to think so. Those are only some of the items that the National Education Association is spending their members' dues money on. I am quite sure that we have some very fine teachers out there that do not believe in this garbage, yet are coerced into their membership because of the legal protections the NEA provides to their membership. As I mentioned in my weekend update, some educators here in Sevier County attended this NEA event in Chicago earlier this month. I'm quite sure that places all over the country, whose community values are quite the opposite of this union's, had educators from their school districts attend. I'm not sure at this point if the school districts paid for their employees to attend or not, but I will be looking into that. Because if they did that, it would mean that these communities paid for attendance at an event that is working to undermine their values and beliefs. Also, if that is the case, much like the federal government, these local governments are using our tax dollars against the citizens. It is time for the good teachers out there to no longer be silent. If there is a good teacher out there that continues supporting this event 
It just tells me that you hate children. These good teachers, they need to renounce their membership in this organization that is working diligently to undermine the value system that parents are trying to bring their children up in. These teachers also need to recognize what this union is truly doing. Remember from the beginning of this episode, we defined what a labor union is for. They are supposed to be organizations that centers on collective bargaining over wages, benefits, and working conditions for their membership. From what I read in these new business items proposed at the union's annual meeting, does it appear they are engaged in collective bargaining over wages, benefits, and working conditions? Of course it doesn't. Teachers with good conscience need to vote with the money and membership and leave this organization that is determined to undermine the role parents have in their children's lives. This organization, the largest political lobby in our nation, is not serving the interests of their communities or their membership. They are serving their own godless self-interests by partnering with a government that hates us and is working to indoctrinate children all over America with their corrosive, divisive, and sexualizing ideology. These good teachers need to actually partner with their community and start charter schools or some other type of education centers that do not have at their core the undermining of the family unit in our country, nor undermine the values and beliefs of their parents. They need to develop schools that will not use the divisive, corrosive, and sexualizing curriculums that are being spread throughout every school district in America. Curriculums meant to indoctrinate children in the government's preferred religion, the religion of self. These good teachers need to leave these unions and organizations that promote garbage like the stuff that was proposed as new business items at this union's annual meeting. This public sector union is lobbying against the interests of the public sector and is a willing partner with a government that wants itself set up as the solution to all problems. Problems that mainly it creates. That is why these unions, the NEA and AFT, along with their state and local subunits like the Tennessee Education Association and the Sevier County Education Association, so vehemently oppose charter schools and tuition voucher programs where the parents get to decide where their children are educated and not indoctrinated. Why do you also see elected officials that oppose these charter schools and voucher programs? Think back to the enormous amounts of monies these unions donate to political campaigns and spend on lobbying. Most of these politicians get addicted to this PAC money and the lobbying efforts of these unions. I can guarantee you that I will not accept any money from those organizations while seeking office, nor will I accept campaign contributions or participate in any of their lobbying efforts. These unions and sub-organizations want to remove any parents' rights when it comes to the education of children. We have seen the results of their efforts over the past few decades, haven't we? 
When the two largest teacher unions in the country are focused on diversity, inclusion, and equity, and not focused on education in math, science, history, and English, we get the results our public education is providing right now. A dumbing down of the populace. That is the lie being perpetuated on the American people. These unions are not performing their original function, but rather are working in concert with the government to assume control of raising children in a manner different than what their parents desire. They want a generation of children constantly at odds with one another over every new special interest group that the government can think of. They want a generation of children completely broken away from the faith of their parents and indoctrinated in the government's religion, that religion of self, where a person's sexuality is the primary focus of development. Education is the lie that these unions and the government is telling our country. Ending on that note, we will close out this week's episode with wisdom from God's Word. This week, it comes to us from Romans 1, 29. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. I would like to ask you this, ladies and gentlemen. Look around you at our state and our nation. Our government, all levels of government, are forcing every kind of wickedness upon the people they were elected to represent. They and their union allies are lying to us and to our children. We the people have allowed this through our apathy to go on for far too long. They push wickedness, sin, and deception in their so-called public education programs. The government and their allies and teachers unions are directly responsible for the mental health crisis that is facing our nation. Greed and envy are on display with nearly every elected and unelected member of the new aristocracy. Their addiction to political action committee and special interest donor money has diverted them from the path of being a servant leader for their constituents. And now they only serve those who feed their addiction. The government's biggest ally in their efforts to divide the nation and keep us fighting amongst ourselves are the useful idiots in the media and entertainment industry. While those useful idiots are clamoring for their seat at the table of power that the usurpers control, they sell or mesmerize the electorate with hate, murder, quarreling, deception, and gossip. Rise up, people. Wake up because the bugle is playing reveille, louder and louder. Wake up and take a stand in the arena. Bind these elected officials with our beloved Constitution and restore our government to one that is of, for, and by the people. Until next week, stand in the arena with me. Reveille, it's time to wake up.